1: map this is ron costa broadcasting live in the mappable usa studios in las vegas nevada and folks out there who's into real estate these days are you a developer are you an investor you want to get more eyeballs to your deals today we're going to talk about one way of doing this and before we get going let's introduce vicky hutchmala from the world token market vicky how are you today
2: Oh, I'm doing fine, Ron, except all the pollen in the world has settled into Vegas, and so we're all sneezing and coughing and can't breathe, but it's the sun is shining, and it's a beautiful day in Vegas, and we have a very exciting guest today, and we're going to talk about real estate and how to make it happen.
1: Yeah, a lot of people are interested in real estate, right, and crowdfunding, and right. et cetera. I think that's a pretty good topic, so let's wait for more time, and let's, let's bring on Steve Enson. He's the CEO and founder of any size deal. Steve, how's it going over there with you today? I'm
3: great. Thank you, Ron, and thank you, Vicky, for having me on the show today.
1: I'm super excited to be with you guys. Our our pleasure. pleasure. It's always it's always fun to talk to someone from New York, right? My old stomping grounds like we discussed earlier. But we have better winters here in Vegas than you guys do over there. <laughs> you
3: certainly do. You certainly do. Well, it has—it it hasn't been too bad this year.
1: Like today, it's about
2: fifty degrees, so it's,
1: it's not an awful day.
2: Oh, that's not
1: bad. No that's, no, not bad. no, that's not bad at all. That's, and and you know, uh, Steve, even though I've been in Vegas for quite some time, I'm—I still keep my New York Mets fandom alive. So I'm a big baseball fan. Okay. I follow the team all the time. So. <laughs> But uh, okay. but listen, before we start this podcast, let's let's talk a little bit about yourself and your background and, and maybe mm-hmm. a little bit of information on any size deals.
3: Absolutely. So um, I've been in the real estate industry um, for most of my adult life. Um, I went to the University of Minnesota. Um, I got an undergraduate degree in finance and real estate. I worked for a couple of years at major banks over there, Wells Fargo, U.S. Bank, mostly in the commercial real estate group. And then um, I moved to New York in '07. went to NYU, got a master's degree in real estate. And I graduated in 2008, 2009, which is probably the worst time to graduate with a degree in real estate. That's <laughs> when the whole economy was tanking. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. but, uh,
3: <laughs> timing is everything in life, huh? But um, I still cute. ended up working with um, a lot of uh, major real estate Companies here in New York are mostly doing asset management, leasing, and operations, but I always had this bug to um, start my own thing. So eventually in 2014, I started Any Size Deals, and in 2015, I kind of went full-time, and the real focus was on connecting real estate professionals to do deals, right? So my whole concept was think of it like a dating site, but instead of looking for a, a date, you're looking for an investment partner, So that was kind of what the concept was, and I launched the site. We started to get some traction, and part of the way for me to kind of promote the site, I started organizing events, and the point of the events was to have people show up, network, and then in the middle of the event, I'll come up and do my pitch about, oh, my startup, my company, blah, 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 so people would sign up, but then I realized that I was getting a lot more traction with the in-person events versus the online platform itself. So I started focusing on putting together more events because the whole concept was to connect people to do deals. And I realized that a lot of people would come to the events and do transactions, meet investment partners, get financing, find out about opportunities. So it kind of went from there. And then I started doing events here in New York City, did a few events in London, and I had a strong interest in tech. So all my real estate events were always around real estate innovation. So I would focus on specific topics. I would do, let's say, one on artificial intelligence in real estate. I would do one on blockchain and real estate. Um, I also did a few on opportunity zones and eventually led me to the site to put on a big show in Vegas. And I was slated to do it last year, but obviously COVID happened, so we weren't able to put on the show in 2020 in Vegas. But we're going to do it this year, this September, so we're really excited about that. So that kind of gives a little bit of um, my background. Yeah, I, that's right. really interesting. Everybody
2: loves everyone loves to come to Vegas especially for conferences and shows. When Absolutely. you say that uh you've been doing this for a while and and you couldn't do it last year because of the pandemic, have mm-hmm. you used any virtual type conference platforms or what do you think about that?
3: So initially, when in March of last year, when everything was shutting down and everybody was trying to think of what to do with their businesses, a lot of people in the industry space went virtual. And I totally understand the logic behind it. Like you want to have some presence, even if you can't have the in-person. For me, it was never really an option because my objective was to put on this show in Vegas, where a lot of it relied on people being there to meet each other and do transaction and build off of the energy. A virtual show just couldn't do it for me. Um, I did attend some of my – I have some friends in the industry who also put on shows. I went to their virtual events, and they were fine, but to me, it just kind of defeats the whole purpose, Right. In a virtual show, you don't get the same one on one interaction that you get in person. It's like being on a webinar, and you can't be there for eight hours. If you're an exhibitor, it's very hard for you to get the same feel versus someone walking into your booth, right, or interacting with you. You know, if it's virtual, they're just watching something online. It's not the same. So for me, that's why I did not do a virtual show. I decided, you know what, I'll just push it back to next year where I can have something in person because that's I feed off that energy and customers, clients, attendees that's what they feed off of as well.
2: Well, yeah, because you need to have that that eye contact even though you can see someone on your uh on your screen or your, whatever the eye contact is not there, the body language is not there, the 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 shaking of the hand, the All of that energy and emotion and everything is lacking in in any kind of a virtual conference or, and especially a trade show. How could a vendor even think about doing a virtual trade show because, you know, nobody's going to pay attention because you can't focus. You can't focus on anything, and the excitement is gone.
3: It is. And also when you're at home, whether we're committed or not, at home we're very distracted right so if you're watching on the screen you're doing something now it's like it's 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 a a very it's a very hard sell um and i think uh, i think there's a huge demand of people wanting to come back now everybody should be vaccinated by may if you um believe the information that's put out there so if everybody's vaccinated and we do everything to keep people safe i think you know in-person events are a big part of our economy, are a big part of how people do business, and I've spoken with a lot of vendors who actually pay for the virtual shows, and they tell me it's not close. It's not close. No. That they're doing it because they have to do something, but the in-person, there's no comparison with an in-person show. There's just, yeah, it's just, you can't, you can't compare the two.
2: Oh no. yeah, and, and we were... you know Vegas is opening up now, and and we're starting to get back. People are starting to come, and and your show in September mm-hmm. is going to be at the Venetian, and the Venetian is yeah. an absolutely beautiful uh, site. I mean, it's yeah. gorgeous, and there's a lot of nice places in Vegas, but the Venetian is one of the nicer ones. That's a perfect place absolutely. to have. Yes. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's beautiful. I mean, that's it's one amazing.
3: of the reasons I chose it as well. I wanted to make sure it's an equality venue where we can really, and it's four days. And the way I have it set up is each day we're focusing on a different aspect of real estate innovation. For example, the first day, is more focused on multifamily, right? So anything related to multifamily as well as construction. So whether tech related to multifamily or, what are the new trends of multifamily? What are people building? What are t- uh, residents looking for, et cetera? Then the second day, we kind of focus more on the office aspect of our industry and the future of work. Now that we have this to so work from home, remote, et cetera, we'll cover a lot of topics around that. But also if you manage office buildings or you operate office buildings, what's the right way to design space? What's the right way to manage your employees? We had this whole wave where co-working was very popular, but after this happened, a lot of co-working companies went out of business. We still have a few that are there. Um, Is this a business that should be more run by the actual people who own and operate the office buildings, or should it be third-party, right? And then on the third day, we kind of focus on blockchain and its impact on real estate as well as crypto, right? Ties into financing aspects of the real estate. What are some of the new trends or different ways – to finance real estate, blockchain comes into play with that. You also have SPACs, which has um, they've been very popular. Which are these blank check companies, or probably 40 or so that are solely focused on the real estate technology. Why is that so popular? One of the reasons it's so popular is because COVID forced um, adoption in the real estate uh, space to accelerate by like five to ten years, right? So if you own and operate buildings, you might not have wanted to incorporate as much technology. Well, with COVID, you didn't have a choice. If you wanted to do things, you had to do it remotely. You had to think of, like, even entries into your space, how to make things not as touchless or uh, remote, et cetera. So uh, everybody who owns and operates real estate has been forced to kind of accelerate their understanding and appreciation of what technology does to them. And so those are some of
1: the things we'll be covering during the week. Yeah, you know, it's funny, it's funny uh, Steve. I, I, I can't pick a college basketball winner for the life of me, but back in, November, in December, Mike mm-hmm. said that 2021 mm-hmm. was going to be the year of the SPAC, and I'm pretty sure I'm going to be right about that. So, I, mean, <laughs> I mean,
3: the amount of money that's gone into these blank check companies, and, I'm you, and there are so many that are focused on the real estate space. And if you think about it, I totally understand why, because the amount of innovation that's happening, and if you think about it, if you have a software tool that, let's say, helps run a building more efficiently, right? If it helps run a building more efficiently in New York, then it will do the same in Boston or Paris, or Johannesburg, or exactly. Beijing, right? So so right? it's very scalable. So any innovation in real estate, if it's innovation vision on the property management side, it's scalable, right? So that yeah. means that people are looking for all these companies because they're like, well, if I pick a company that's successful, it's easy for me to use this same product or service throughout the world, and it's, it's a lot of money. So that's the other thing.
1: Yeah, and, yeah, and, and I'm, and I'm impressed with your trade shows, the way that you set them up already. You know, you're in New York, uh, London, now Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're hitting some mm-hmm. really great venues where a lot of people, that, there's a lot of decision-making going on there. A lot of influencers go to these events. So uh, that is really it's really awesome. You've come a long way. Uh, but I wanted to ask you a question about maybe like the first couple of times you started one of these, I don't know, uh, conferences when you wanted Even. to match uh-huh, investors. Uh-huh. I, I, mm-hmm. Where did you do your first one? Did you do it in a hotel room? Did you do it? I mean, I'm sure you didn't get too many people there, right? <laughs> oh,
2: excuse
1: me. Well, <laughs> that's a loaded question, Ron. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: It's 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 a journey because as an entrepreneur, right? You yeah. At least from my from my philosophy, my standpoint is you have to start where you are with what you have. So my first event I ever did, first one. It was at a a restaurant in Harlem called Red Rooster. It's by a a famous Mm -hmm. chef named Marcus Samuelson, right? Yeah, they was a real nice restaurant. Yeah, yeah, you familiar? Okay, so it wasn't even a a trade show. It was just a networking event. It was a meetup. It wasn't anything (laughs) fancy. Like I said, I had a website. I was trying to get people on board. Um, I went to a couple of meetups, and I told the people at their meetup, hey, can I come up here and pitch? my company, and they said no. I was like, well, how hard can it be? Maybe I should start my own. So, yeah, <laughs> first thing I did was the Harlem Real Estate meetup at Red Rooster. I, a couple of people showed up, told them, and then the next time I had a few hundred people show up, I was like, oh, not too bad. And I pitched my <laughs> stuff, and then I started doing meetups, but then I was like, well, if it's just people networking, I, you don't get as much out of it. So then I started, maybe let me invite it speaker. So then I would have one speaker come and speak. And then I was like, Well, let me see if I can produce something a little bit bigger. And then eventually, like instead of having one speaker, then do some panels. And then from there, kind of build it up and then started doing conferences, right? And then it was like one day and then two days, and now I'm doing a whole week. So my point is like, when you start, right, as an entrepreneur, anything you're doing, the product that you're starting today is not necessarily what it's going to be five years from now. So don't stress so much about it being perfect when you start. Just start because as you get going, you get smarter, right? You learn things. Exactly. You just tweak, you know, so from – uh Harlem in like 2015 to the Venetian in 2021, you know. So
2: it's, uh, yeah, that's journey, pretty good. And, you and know, like you say, journey, you know, right? there's that old saying: every every journey starts with the first step, however big or, nice. or or small it is. Yeah,
3: you gotta start. So that's that's this journey. That's the journey you're
1: on. <laughs> that's the journey. I know that, that's the reason yeah. why I brought it up because it's such a success story. And, uh, you know, I've heard so many stories like this, too. I, I, I even have a friend here in town who started a, uh, a trade show years ago where he got like, I think he had like, you know, 20 people showing up at the first time after a lot of marketing, a lot of advertising. And, uh, you know, he kept at it. And years later, this guy sold his trade show for, you know, multi-millions. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's a testament to being uh, uh, focused and moving forward a little bit at a time. And you're doing exactly Use that.
3: Yeah. Yeah. You have to, and and, and um, the part of the, the journey for me, like organizing these, it's because I get to meet a lot of people too, right? So I meet established, very successful people like the Anthony Scaramucci or like a Tim Draper, et cetera, And then I meet, you know, up and coming founders, entrepreneurs who businesses haven't really scaled yet, but they have the drive, the ambition. So it's a a mix of all that. And to me, it keeps me energized and focused, but also um, it's my way of kind of helping the ecosystem, right? Um, Yeah, making your your mark. Yeah, yeah, because this is how I view, view like, you know, like I said, even when I was just doing basic meetups, people would tell me afterwards, hey, Steve, like I wouldn't see someone for like six months. It's like, hey, Steve, at your event, I met this one person. We did a deal together. You know, it was, it was very beneficial for me what you did. So I'm like, well, that's another value add right there, right? Absolutely. Um, because if someone can come to your thing and they do a, a deal from it, that's terrific. That's
2: the whole idea, right? So, Absolutely. Right, and, and right. And Ron and I have been to uh, uh, several different conferences where even that one person that we met has been spectacular in the future for us you know and if we hadn't okay. gone and met them that one person at that one time well it you know the future would have been different and you remember that absolutely. forever where you met that one person because you went to that one event and now it's <laughs> made a complete impact
1: absolutely if they're important
2: yeah. absolutely
1: yeah, absolutely. so 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 Steve, you know we we deal with a lot of crowdfunding investors on the on the show, mm-hmm. as well as real estate mm-hmm. developers and and people in that mm-hmm. in that realm. Are these the people that should be attending the show? What what kind of person attends the show so, that you're you're targeting yeah, right yeah, now? Yeah,
3: absolutely. So I I kind of split up into different categories. One category of people who absolutely should attend the show and participate are people who own and operate buildings, real estate developers, real estate um, owners as well as property managers, right? Because a lot of the conversations are around how innovation is affecting their business and how they can benefit from it, right? So if you own multifamily portfolio, you have residents, technology is a big part of how you attract tenants in your building, how you run your building how you provide services, same thing if you own an office building, right? So these are topics that we're covering. Then there's a second segment, which is the tech companies themselves, right, the innovators, right? If you have software solutions or, um, or a specific product or service that you feel like someone who owns and operates an office building should absolutely have, you have to attend the event, right? You have to come exhibit so they can see your service or your product, Right? And then right. Right. the third category. Yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead.
1: No, oh, go on. I was just no, agreeing, just with, agreeing you on that. with you. No, we're just agreeing
3: with you. Yeah, yeah. So those are the two main categories. And then the third category would be people who service both sectors. So everything from accountants to attorneys to um, you know any sort of third party that kind of supports the ecosystem. They benefit from being there as well. Uh, because it's an opportunity to meet potential clients and customers. And obviously, um, investors, right? Venture capitalists definitely should be there because we have a startup competition. So it's an opportunity to see early-stage companies, which it's a great investment opportunity, but also helps you kind of get a sense of where the industry is headed. So that's kind of the segment of the people who should attend. In terms of their knowledge base themselves, it's just people who are really interested in the industry, and, and innovation around the industry, right? So that's yeah, real estate, hard.
1: real estate agents and brokers as well? Yeah, absolutely. Real estate yeah. agents
3: and brokers as well can absolutely attend,
1: absolutely.
2: Interesting. What about contractors and construction companies who are going to build the project on the real estate?
3: At, they should absolutely attend because construction is one of those areas where there are a lot of – there's a lot of innovation, um, robotics, artificial intelligence, different ways to uh, improve how things are being built, track how things are being built, communicating on site, et cetera. Absolutely. Absolutely. Construction people should absolutely You have the whole gamut. No question. Yeah, absolutely. Well, if you think about it from this perspective, right, it's the Festival of Real Estate Innovation. So anybody who's affiliated with our industry, whether you're – Designing, building, managing, leasing, selling real estate, it affects you. And innovation, everybody who's creating a solution to improve how we're doing our business should be there. And like I said, with COVID, it's forced everybody to rethink how they go about their day-to-day. It's forced everyone to rethink what exactly does it mean to show up to an office every day to do your work? Do you have to come to the office five days a week? Work 40, 50, 60 hours, can you come two days a week? How does that affect what you're doing, right? And if you are building an office building, what impact does that have on climate change? How can you be more efficient in how you're building this, how you're designing? So there are all these different topics. Um, And we're structuring it where when you come, you get your money's worth because the topics will be relevant, the people will be the right sort of people, and you're going to leave – with the, the tools and the knowledge that you need to move your business forward.
2: And especially the new knowledge that you didn't have when you started, Correct. imagine what you can take with you after after you're done it is vital to what you're doing in the future.
1: Well, yeah, it's critical. Yeah. Okay. It's the uh, it's, it's the new dilemma of of the, of the of the new century. Should you should you go to the office and argue with your boss, or should you stay at home and argue with your wife
2: <laughs> I, <laughs> while your kids I, are running around I, the house? <laughs> well, I so so,
3: this, so it's it's a bit tricky, right? So assuming <laughs> assuming assuming the kids are all back in school five days a week in September, right? right? Assuming that's possible. You're still going to have a universe of people who want to go to the office every single day because they need, they like that commute time. They they need to separate between like office hours and, you know, they need that time. And then there are other people like, I don't want to be in the office every day. I can come once in a while. And then you have the in-between. Like, can I go two days a week? Or do I have the option maybe this week I'm all in the office, next week I'm not, right? I think employers should be smarter and just, Offer it as an option, I think most people still want to are going to want to go to the office right um, yeah, yeah but it's better if as an employer you give the option you know you're like well you know, when you, you open yourself
2: option. up to, to- larger pool of employees. If you have an operation in Vegas but you Mm -hmm. find an outstanding employee to work for you who lives in New York, why shouldn't you Mm -hmm. have them work for you even though they live someplace else? And it's the whole new concept that the pandemic has created that you can work for anybody anywhere wherever you live, wherever the business is, because you don't need to go to work anymore. You can work from home if that's what you like, or you can fly out. You know, who doesn't want to come to Vegas to fly out just so you can work for a day a week? You know, it, it's just that's, the the potential is exponential. Exactly. A- yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't.
3: I don't disagree. I I think, for example, the CEO of Goldman Sachs, right? Uh, his view was that in their business. They need people in the office because it's apprenticeship, right? So they need to teach you certain right. things, and they, they yeah. don't feel comfortable doing it remotely, right? Does it mean everybody at Goldman agrees with that? Probably not. There are probably some people who feel you like, oh, well, most of us probably don't want to be here every single day. But I get his point. Um, but like you mentioned, the ability to hire people wherever they are increases your talent pool. Significant,
2: and your production. You, know, you have a better better yeah. employees wherever they are. Cre- in, increases production, which makes your uh, company more viable and more successful because you've expanded your pool of employees. It's, it's a win-win and for everybody.
3: Absolutely. And yeah. for those companies, they'll need something like any size deals week because they can bring all their employees for a lovely week, in Vegas, they can network, hang out, but also learn about different aspects of the business, right? So it kind of helps accomplish that as well, you know, in a fun setting,
2: right?
1: Exactly. Well, oh, yeah. yeah. That's, that's Vegas. No, that's no place Vegas better than sure.
2: Vegas.
1: Um, hey, Steve, before we and close the the this, this podcast out, I have a couple more questions for you, just a few more. Absolutely. Uh, one is, one is um, you know, these days in, in, in COVID, post-COVID, etc. Mm-hmm. how easy is it mm-hmm. or hard? Uh, to get a, a venue such as the Venetian, I mean, do, do you call them up and before you start talking, they say yes, yes, yes? Or do you have to, is so there a lot of negotiation? I, bu- I, or what? I,
3: booked, I, I booked it way before COVID, so it was scheduled for 2020 of last year. I think I booked it maybe in November of the previous year. (laughs) Wow, wow. I I booked it like, way almost a year ahead of when I needed the space, right? Um, And that was after me exploring different things, different venues for like three months. So I cannot tell you how it is right now because I've had the venue. I've booked it a while back. I booked it like a year
1: before COVID even occurred. That's right, that's a that's great timing, great timing on your part. That's a, that's so, pretty impressive. <laughs> so right now, I why I have did you no choose nonsense. the
2: Venetian? Why did you choose what? the Venetian of all the places in Vegas you could have been?
3: Well, uh, there's there's just the general business reason. I looked at the the, the timing, right? Because a lot of it also has to do with when you want the space, what what else is happening, and what kind of deal the the um the casino hotel will offer you, and also the quality. One, I wanted to make sure I'm at a venue that's quality and that I can be very proud of because I don't want people to come to my show and I'm not, you know, I need them to come and be excited. Like, yo, this is an awesome venue, awesome content. Steve did an amazing job. I want to come back next year. So, one, the venue has to be top-notch. So, the Venetian is definitely top-notch. Two... Timing. I had to make sure it works. And three, just comfort working with the staff. The 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 contact people at the at the casino. They were very responsive. Compared, to, most of them were responsive, but I just felt like they put in more. And then the pre the owner. Um, he recently passed away. Um, Sheldon Adelson. Sheldon the owner Adelson. Of the Venetian, Adelson. Sheldon Adelson. Yes. Yes, I was. Um, I read about his story, like, many, many years ago when I started doing events. And I read that he started this show called Comdex. It was a big computer show. And at its height, they used to have, like, 100,000 attendees in Vegas, right? Oh, and this yeah, was before Comdex he built, is big. Yeah, this was before he built the Venetian. And he built the Venetian as a result of it. But so before he even built it, right? He started a trade show on computers and knew nothing about computers. He knew absolutely. He never even used a computer in his life. But he had gone to a trade show for another industry and realized, like, the economics of it, and he bought this um, publisher. And he's like, well, I have this publisher, this magazine. How about I put my own trade show? And computers are, like, trending. Although he knew nothing about computers, he just identified a trend and put together the trade show and build this massive thing, and then he sold it for like a billion dollars. So what there I found so interesting is that he built a, a trade show in an industry that he knew nothing about. And I remember I saw one of his interview once, and they asked him about it, and he said, well, when it comes to business, you personally don't need to necessarily understand every single detail about that specific business, what you need to understand is how to make money in that business, right? So he didn't understand exactly. computers. But he knew that a lot of people love computers. And if they had a show where they can see the products, buy and sell it, he can make a lot of money. So that logic, it just I was just so fascinated by it. So I was like, well, another reason for me to actually do it there, because I just think, the guy who built this had like such a fascinating concept and understanding of business.
1: So that was another reason. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a nice
2: homage to him.
1: Sure. And, um, you know, Uber, Uber doesn't own any cars, and Airbnb doesn't own any investment properties. It's the same type of thing. It's really is. <laughs> right. it, it, it's amazing.
2: You just have to you be know? able to see the future. You have to be able to innovate and see something and see the potential and jump on it before anybody else does. And and there's very few people that are that visionary, like you, Steve. So,
1: absolutely. Yeah.
2: So, oh, so Steve, uh, the Venetian,
1: the Venetian does all your your work for you as far as putting up the tables and the the uh, curtains and setting up the stages and all other stuff. Is that right?
3: Well, well it it kind of depends on how you negotiate and work things out with them. But yeah,
1: yeah, for the most part. Okay, so if somebody were to want to uh, exhibit at this show, perhaps. Uh, what are their responsibilities mm-hmm. just to bring uh, a banner or material or, or, or what, what do they have to bring themselves and how do they do it? How do they get a hold of you to do this? Well,
3: it it, it it really depends on like what the, what kind of setup they want. If you just want like a, a standard booth at the table. Yeah. Then they'll just bring like their banner and like whatever other stuff. But if they want something a little bit more produced, it's something that we have to talk about to negotiate because the other things that come into play. But a basic standard one. Yeah. You know, it's just a banner, yeah. computer, and their stuff. But if they want something a little bit more elaborate, there are other fees that will go into that,
1: um, plus electricity and right, like, those
3: other causes. See yeah, it,
1: electricity, et cetera. Et cetera. That's, that's good. Okay, all right. And then uh, the last question I had for you as far as these trade shows are concerned, yours in particular, is a lot of it tends to be a success or a failure based on, one, the attendance, and, two, the speakers. So, how are you getting speakers to this event, and how are you getting attendance to this as well? What kind of marketing are you doing?
3: So, for the speakers, a lot of it has to do from just the fact that I've been doing conferences for a while, so I already have a a lot of speakers within the pipeline that I know, right? Um, So, getting those, it's, it's... It's pretty straightforward. Now, there are additional speakers that have never spoken at my events and specific keynotes um, that I'm reaching out to putting together to make sure I have an exciting show. In terms of attendees, et cetera, that's always the trickiest part with these shows. So a lot of it has to do with your marketing on social and then partnerships that you're able to build with a variety of different people that have their own networks, so you can kind of leverage all that. So that's the whole idea. Now, given the fact that we're in a COVID world, it's very hard to predict what your final task would be, like projections, but it's kind of hard to, to project or predict what the number would be. Um, but I'm very excited because there is a lot of energy and there's a lot of excitement. People are eager to get back out there. So I'm sure it's going to be an amazing turnout, and um, no question. we're very excited to put on the show Vegas, you know? And, and, and by and September,
2: Vicky, too, it'll be different.
3: It'll be
1: different. By that's why, that's my September hope. Will that September will be, be a different normal. world. Yeah, yes. and, and Vicki, yes. Vicky, did you know that there's a section there in his trade show regarding opportunity zones? I think you have some opportunity zones speakers, yeah, don't you? Yeah, 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 absolutely, yes. absolutely. Yes, yeah, we that's do. really great. Yes, we do. Really, really great. So, so, okay. So uh, listen, I'm sure there's a lot of people here that need to go to this show. Um, I mean, I think mm-hmm. it's going to be incredible. And the, the topic obviously is something that we all love. How do people get a hold of you, Steve? Or what's the best way to do this phone number or website, or if they want to buy tickets or how, how, do, how do you do well, this?
3: They can just, they can just go to the website. So they can go to any size com or the show it's called any size deals week. So also any size deals and all the information is there. Um, it's, and they can contact me through this site as well. Um, they can find my – I'm also on LinkedIn, so it's, it's a very easy way for them to find me. And any questions that they have about the show, if they want to exhibit, if they want to present, we have a startup competition. We also have the AST Awards, which is an award ceremony uh, recognizing the most innovative companies, people, and projects in the real estate space. So, which is also something very exciting. Um, they can apply for that. So, it's really about creating an amazing week in Vegas. Oh, the dates! I forgot to give the dates. It's September 7th through the <laughs> 10th. That's important. 2021 at the Venetian in Las Vegas. So, it's it's exciting. It's, it's a lot of there's a lot of energy, a lot of momentum. So, we're really excited to have all these people come together.
1: And the best part about the show, for us at least, it's it's in Las Vegas. We can just it, like get know walk to it again. if we need to. <laughs> and the
2: Venetian is one, and the Venetian is one of the most beautiful it is. It uh, really is. locations on the it strip is. when When the Absolutely. Venetian first opened, it had a Guggenheim Museum in it, and the first time I went into that venue, oh my god i was my I was just blown away because of all of the things I could see, and everything around me was so elegant and so beautiful and Then you have the the uh gondolas and you have the opera singers and you have oh my god it's 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 just i i don't even know absolutely. how to describe it except it's beautiful <laughs> absolutely
1: well you know when when absolutely. when when vicky when vicky is speechless then you know you got something that's pretty special i think so that's a true fact <laughs> that's, absolutely. that's true right yeah so uh, so uh, vicky should we should we close this out do you have any last questions for steve at all or
2: How many people you think are going to come, Steve? It's hard to predict. That's what
3: I said. It's very hard. How many people do you want to come? As many as
2: possible. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Okay, then how many rooms do you have blocked? (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully enough. Yes, (laughs) Hopefully you yeah, does. I think it's, I think it's it going to be a, a fabulous event, Steve, and, and Ron and I look I can't forward wait. to it.
1: Yeah, I can't wait. I can't Absolutely. wait. That sounds great. So, so, Steve, thanks again for being a, a guest on today's podcast. I'm really happy you took some time out to be with us. And, Vicki, thanks for co-hosting. Thanks for co-hosting the, the podcast. Folks, you're listening to the Mappable USA podcast at mappableusa.com. If you go to that website, you scroll down, you'll see all our syndication sources. There are a lot of them. Select the one you like the best, subscribe, and you'll never miss another one of our episodes. If you like what you heard today, send an an email to info at mappableusa.com or leave a message on whatever page you're listening to this on right now. And if you want to be a guest on the show like Steve was today, there's a guest tab there. Just click on that guest tab. Scroll down, fill out the form, and we'll see what we do about getting you on the show. So thanks everyone for listening. Thanks for your support. We'll be at you next time with another Marvel USA podcast. Have a great week, everyone.